1: privacy i'm kate wolf today cg can't make it but i've got a beautiful soul returning guest amina imani is here joining me hi amina
2: what's up kate (laughs) hey
1: (laughs) so amina you just recorded a big time thing you have like a nine minute set out on comedy central like do you want to describe it better than that
2: No, I mean, Comedy Central, they place out uh, short sets of comedians that they support or they wanna highlight. Um, I was chosen to be one of those comedians and um, I was able to have a set that's now at, it's it's on YouTube on Comedy Central and it's been viewed. And, you know, I don't have like any ugly comments, like not nothing like really nasty. So that's been interesting. I was like, okay, so this feels safe. I don't know if that's a good thing as a comedian to have safe comments, but I was like, I- I'll take it. But yeah, so yeah, um, I have uh, a special short set on Comedy Central. I was featured, and so yeah, that was that was actually nice to um, record. It was actually really really great to record, and it was one of my best tapes ever. So I'm um, I'm happy about it.
1: Are you nervous, excited, all of it? Oh,
2: well, I wasn't as excited. I realized that the nature of this business is not really celebratory when you, no, seriously, it's not. It's like a, it's like a, it's very toxic. You know what I mean? Because even the way comedians treat other comedians, it's as if we don't have gifts and we do. Like to make, make people laugh, is a gift. Yes, a lot of people may have that gift, but it's still not easy. You have to work very hard about it. But no one really gives people compliments or no one really pats you on the back unless it's something like exceptional or exceeding some level of where we all gave You know like like literally we complain about like oh we got to be a certain way for people to treat and it's like that's because we all do it. So, um, I actually was told to my, like, from other people, they, was actually, they were actually upset, like, you didn't tell us, you're not excited, like, what's this energy about? And then I had to check myself, like, huh, why is that? And I realized that that is really the nature of the beast, like, you look to get something, and then you're looking to get something else. And so you may fall short of even feeling away or getting excited about it. So I think I lacked in the area of the excitement, but I was very nervous because I was just like, wow, this is gonna live permanent on the internet. There are actually some things that's on the internet that I want down. I tried to take down, they not taking it down. So then that just kind of put me in a different mindset of, okay, like, what can you stand by for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? So it, it, was, it was very nerve-wracking, um, but all in all, The outcome of the video, I feel like was really great and how everything kind of came together. Even the look, nothing I really like had to give too much energy to. So I felt like it did happen in a good time because I'm like, hmm, if I was asked to do this five years ago, what would have been different? You know what I mean? Like, so I just was grateful that it happened when it happened and I'm very proud and pleased of it. But it was nerve wracking. Like before I even got on stage, I was just like, cause it's always this idea of like, no matter how, funny you know the jokes are no matter how many times you've said it there's still their possibility of someone not laughing at it (laughs) like it's that's how it is it's unpredictable every time we get on stage so in my mind that's all I could kind of think about like dang man like they could they could just they could just not like you you know but um I'm glad it happened because I realized in those situations you're actually set up to really really win like they were actually overlapping. It got to the point where in my mind while I was on stage, I was like, hey, like, I wanted to stop and be like, hey, so I kind of want this to be natural. <laughs> <laughs> can y'all can y'all actually turn the laugh? But then I just let it rock. But in no situation, it made me realize like, especially in a taping situation, people are not coming with that energy of like, you know, boo, you know, like people want to see you win. They want to see you do good and they want to have a good time. So it was a huge relief. It was, re- it was really, really well received. And so I'm just happy about that. I mean, you
1: had an amazing set. I Thank watched. You. I was very proud. You look amazing, like your outfit. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how long did it take her to pick that perfect outfit? It fits amazing. It pops, but it's not too crazy. Yeah. Like well, I've awesome. worn it. I've
2: worn it before. I had worn it before and I think that during that time I was so stressed out about so many other things. I was like, I can't even fathom going out and looking for an outfit. So I kind of just went through my looks and I was like, what has worked for you in the past that was like very effortless and like you didn't have to like, you could sweat in it. Cause that's, I'm a sweater. Like I drink and sweat. So I was just thinking about like, what can you pull up? You know, from the archives that you know <laughs> is solid, is dependable and, and less stressful. I was really like, I'm choosing ease. So um, I remember even with my hair, I, I do my, my hair in all sorts of type of styles, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that style because I know it works. I'm gonna do that outfit. I bought some new Nike, some fresh kicks that I love. To this day, that was probably the most that I could put into that. And yeah, honestly, I sent that video to my aunt and she takes me that nice outfit. So even if people didn't think the jokes were funny, it seems like <laughs> I won in that category too. <laughs>
1: it's all of it. It was all Yo. of it. You, you like brought it jokes wise and also it like the outfit stuck out to me and I'm paying more attention. I've always liked fashion, but I'm embracing that I like it more in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Amina, she... Yeah, she picked a good outfit. Yeah, the shoes, the hair, the jokes, and the confidence. You didn't seem nervous. That's why I wanted to
2: know. Oh, oh, I was very nervous. I was like, whoo, I was like, because I still, up until even getting there, I'm like, what joke are you going to end with? And that's why it kind of cut abruptly, because I wasn't like sure about the landing, but it all worked out so, but up until that point, I was just like, dang, like, you know, what you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know, but let's just ride it out, so, and then it made it better that I got there, and they was like, hey, just have fun, however much time you wanna do, you can do, so that was a relief, too, because at first I thought it had to be like a tight seven minutes, and I was just like, tight seven minutes, people don't know, like, a tight seven is harder than a good 15, like, It, to me, type seven is like, bong, 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 shoot them up. 15 is like, you know, you can stretch, you can lean, you can wink, you got time to like, what y'all talk about? Like you wouldn't know, seven minutes is like, you gotta get straight to it, so. Yeah, it all worked out. I was very, very pleased. Yeah, I had a good time too.
1: Yeah, I was very proud to see it. I I remember meeting you still. Uh, You were like, right from Atlanta. You were the most bright-eyed. I'm not saying you're not bright-eyed now, but you were different. I'm not. <laughs> as as it was I like I look at over young people like, wow. I look at young people like probably how people looked at me when I first
2: got on the thing <laughs> Like, you still got dreams. You believe in yourself. Like, look at no, you. Yeah,
1: so cute. You like. You, we were at some random show. It wasn't a comedy club. It was like a cl- regular club that they turned into like a little stage and uh you talking about in jersey was that in jersey i forget where it was but you had braces and like oh my god you just were so excited you were like like and i just remember being like oh she's so nice and so funny and like to then also just see that set now and like just the kind of confidence obviously i was like she must have been at least a little nervous before i've never done a TV set or anything that I haven't been nervous, like. Yeah, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking, actually.
2: It is, so, but I'm like, I turned my phone off earlier that day. I kind of, I stayed to myself. I was actually running the set so much that week, the night before I was supposed to do two shows, and I, I canceled last minute. Cause I was like, if I run this set again, I'm gonna not like myself and I need to like myself on this literally because I but I was just like I wanted it to be perfect, so I was like, let me go and run. But like you don't know every show could be different. And I remember I was like at a show in Union Square and the crowd was like, you know, they they look like they they all own guns. You know what I'm saying? They all own guns, they're Republicans. So I'm trying to do this set, and they're just like not even giving me, and I was like, I mean, if you do these jokes. In, another, in the front of another crowd and they tear your spirit, girl. So I texted everybody, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to just stay home. I need to rest. And I, I'm so glad I did that because I was going to run myself to the ground with that set or trying to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to put jokes. So everything worked out though.
1: Yeah, it was good. Um, okay, <laughs> next next topic's a little random. <laughs> it's been in my head for a bit. I just want to know what you think about regrets I try to live in a way at least like I've heard these quotes and I believe them of like there's no point in regrets because if you take away yeah. a stepping stone in your journey the whole path
0: crumbles mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do
1: try to see everything as a lesson that caused me to evolve and become more me. But I wanted, although, you know, sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, I kind of regret that, even though I don't believe in regrets.
2: I think that's healthy. That's natural yeah. to feel regret. Like, even though they say don't have regrets, I think you processing your grief in a healthy way is you acknowledging, hey, I wish I would have did that different. Like, I've actually been on a path earlier this year to where I've reached out to people and was like, hey, I really wish that I would have responded different in that situation. And that that's, I think that's a healthy way to process something that you feel like you could have handled different or you could have taken advantage of. Like I regret, stop working in hospitality. I was working in hospitality. It was the easiest job. I got paid mad money. I met amazing people. And I was getting bonuses. I had benefits. I look back at that today, and I'm like, "Girl, you would like that's what you need now." And you had this I think regrets is a is a you know it's a natural and a healthy thing. Like you can regret some stuff. I mean, you don't have to like beat yourself up about it. Like I think that's the difference, right? When you have regrets, and you be like, "See, you stupid. You dumb. You never get this right." Now that's 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 that's, that's negative energy. But if you just look at back at something and you you realize you had it, you know, good or you could have done something different. I think that's all just about a learning curve, you know? Just don't dwell on it and let it take away from you taking actions and steps now. But I look back at I'm like, I had all the time in the world. I was very young. I was I thought I was going to be young forever and I was acting like it and now I look back and I'm like, if I would have just preserved a little bit of the youth. <laughs> just a smidgen of the, just a little bit of the juice. <laughs> yeah, i mean, that, I I mean myself out like a washcloth. You know what I'm saying? Like i was like, and now I'm over be like, oh. You know, so I think that's, it's healthy to acknowledge. Hey, this could have been done differently. This, this didn't have to be this way or whatever the case is. And then it was also healthy to acknowledge, had it not, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Boom. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you asking me any, do I have any regrets? <laughs> All that to say, what's the I question? I <laughs> mean,
1: you don't have to like name any. I just, I really love your outlook on it. I try to feel similar ways, but I do look back at some things and go, that was not the way to handle it. You know, a 100%. I, yeah. Yeah. So, and yet you can't dwell, you can't beat yourself up. And I think a lot of people are in that place. And it's like, you gotta let it go.
2: I remember one time I got in an argument with a friend and I went on Twitter and I was blasting his business on Twitter. And people was hitting me up. Some people was really appreciating my, yo, ah, that's funny. Other people were like, ah, that man, he ain't have to do them like that. But now I look back and I didn't have to do them like that. Like, that is not a healthy way to treat someone that you once cared for you know what I mean and just blast their personal business that could potentially get them into some criminal charges right so I I think that's that's a mute that's a mature way to say hey like honestly and I remember even writing him an email after the fact and I'm pretty sure it, it may have fell on deaf ears sometimes you do have to like send that energy to people without talking to them directly but it's okay for you to process and understand like hey i was immature in that moment you have faults we're not perfect like hey that that was wrong that was deceitful i've lied i've cheated on people i've stolen money like i've done things that were not who i am today or who i want to be moving forward but if i act like it didn't exist then that means i'm not being honest with myself so yeah it's a lot of things that i look back at and be like Ah, you didn't have to do it like that. I mean, you really didn't. And even still to this day, I sometimes, I feel like I'm reluctant in making decisions because I don't want to feel the way I felt about my past decisions. But then I have to check myself and say, hey, you're only doing your best. You know, what is, what is a right or wrong decision unless it feels right for you? Right. You know what I mean? So we, it's everything's subjective. I just think like at the end of the day, like I was even talking to my aunt earlier today, you did your best. I even had to realize that with my parents, yes, my parents didn't do everything that I feel like I would have done as a parent, right? Like now I'm in the hot seat and I'm like, I'm not doing it that way, but that doesn't make me perfect or better. Like I'm just, I'm actually just more in a position to be able to make that decision. But like my grandmother was my age with nine kids. She had to choose what kids she was going to bring to America or not. hell no, I ain't trying to make that kind of decision. And I can't fathom. What, what the process would be at this age with i only got one kid right i'm struggling struggling 100 percent struggling nine kids at this age who gonna come with me to america absolutely not so i i had to go even and process that and be like hey they're doing like and not even you don't even have to give them credit and say they're doing their best but they did what they could do they thought they did what they did what they could do, that's it. And so you gotta give yourself that same grace. I'm doing my best, I'm doing what I can do. You know, some, da- some days like today, I was like, you should get up and cook before this podcast. I said, no, I wanna rest. I wanna lay on top of the two large laundry bags of clothes that I did not fold and I'm yeah. gonna rest. And so that's what I did.
3: I love it. <laughs> and I'm,
2: I did my best. <laughs> I love it.
1: Now, I know, I forget the exact timing. But when you had your amazing son, mm-hmm. Nasir mm-hmm. you, I don't want to say you didn't quit comedy, but you stepped back for a little bit to like take care of yourself. In my
2: mind, I did quit comedy.
1: Yeah. I remember maybe it was in my mind. I knew you were coming back or maybe it was yeah, my You and, and a time. few other
2: people was like, hit me up. Like when you coming back in my mind, I was like, I can't, I'm a mother now. Mother in comedy doesn't work. I have to go get a job. <laughs> I have to be responsible. Like, you should hear how I was talking to myself. Like, it's not about you. You don't have permission to be free. Like, these are the things that I was telling myself when I became a mother. And for, for thank God, not a long enough time, what, it was like six months or so. I actually, maybe six or, I think when I found out I was pregnant. So during the pregnancy and then maybe a few months after that um so it was about six or nine months in total that I was just like telling myself those things like you have to make better decisions it's not about you you know you need to give up this you need to give up that and um yeah that's 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 what I was and you can't have this you can't I was just like it was just I was really kind of like you know what's I was I was um not reprimanding what is it when you uh yeah discipline like I was kind of like you know how you
1: you were kind of like beating yourself up in a yeah, sense where, I know I, what you're saying though there's a better word but I was yeah. trying to
2: make myself pay for what I did whatever that word is and it was
0: just very really?
2: yeah I was pun yes punishing is the word and I was punishing myself with those thoughts and so for a long time I thought that I was making the best decision by not following, you know, what I what I love to do. Yeah, so it was crazy. But I did, I did take a step back. I did stop comedy. And thankfully, people, you know, shout out to Nico White, because he never gave up. He was relentless. Derek Gaines, these were people who kept texting, like, hey, I know you want me to stop texting you, but I'm not until I see you on stage. <laughs> And I was I, like, yeah. well, well, you get ready to continue to text me forever. Like I'm I like to challenge people like that. I'm I'm like, well, we'll see who wins this battle. And no, they won. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like once you get bit by the stand-up comedy book, no matter what your journey is, it's like if it's in you, it's in you. You know what I mean? So that's just what it was. But ultimately, I realized that I would only be the best example to my son if I really did follow my heart and pursue the things that I felt was right for myself, and so that's all I want to show him. Like even now, I'm like, I know he's gonna look back. Like who knows? My son's probably gonna get up and be like, "Yo, I hate eucalyptus on the shower." Like I like he can. I don't like burning incense. Like he gonna he could turn completely against me, right, with all my seances and energies and vibes, right? But ultimately. That's who I was. I'm staying true to who I am. And I thought I'm doing my best, right? So, and that's just what it is. So, yeah, I was like, you gotta, you gotta do it. Mm
1: -hmm. I think the whole journey of it was amazing because I got to be there and you were just following your heart and you had a lot of other voices coming at you, whether it was actually other people or their voices had gotten inside. And Mm -hmm. I got to witness at every point whether it was hard or not me turning your heart and your intuition and just what you thought was best and even when you took a step back it's because yeah. you thought that's what was best at the time and you listened to you and i just think it's cool that the whole time you listened to your body you listened to your heart and now look at you and you're still finding yeah. balance i mean it's i'm sure it's so hard being a mom being a comedian, you do a lot of things that you piece together and yet you're doing it and you're following your dreams. I know it's not easy, but mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. It's that not at all. That. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, it's, it's crazy because people used to tell me, I bet you it's not easy. And in my mind, I don't know why I feel like I got to prove people wrong, no matter what they say. But some things it's like, you don't have to take that on, sis. And so <laughs> for a while, I think I was taking it on to be like, no, this is it. I'm not sure. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe y'all had a point. Y'all was right. But yeah, it is hard. It is hard. But I think that it gives me perspective about when someone really wants to do something, it doesn't matter what the obstacles are, they do still make it happen. And so um, that energy can't be matched right now. So it's like whoever's trying to match it, they're going to have to pull up, but also understand that the standard is there. Like it is, it's not going to be easy, right? But if you really want to make it happen, it will happen. So that's, that's what I'm about. And so I'm, I'm glad that, that that's what I can take away from it all.
1: Yeah. And Nasir is a really cool kid. I haven't spent too much time with him recently, but every time I do check in with him, he's just beaming. He's happy. He's free. He's outgoing, which I love, but,
2: but different than your outgoing. And no, I like he is like, nose. he's on a whole nother level. He's on a whole nother level. And that's why honestly, like, I think it makes it even more harder because he is such a gifted and outstanding child and those kids require a lot. You know what I mean? Like he requires, like he already has a village and I'm still like, we need more. You feel me? Because he is that much of a powerful individual. And so, um, yeah, he is, he is one of a kind, um, it's actually annoying, but I'm working with it. (laughs) We working through it. I can't believe he'll be eight. He'll be eight in six months. That's crazy. Mm.
1: Yeah, he's becoming a little man. Like the last time we spoke, he had these manners and the way he held himself. And I was like, oh, he's working his way to be president. Okay. And he
2: challenges everything. <laughs> I say everything. Well, he gets I do. that from you because. And don't, I mean, I tell this man <laughs> that I'm being a certain way and I had put a list on a fridge and I didn't even know. What I was doing to myself. And every time i just be in the kitchen eating my food, he'll come and look on the list and he'll look at my plate. he like, mm, okay. <laughs> and I'll be like, um, excuse me. He was like, I was just making sure you were eating what you were supposed to be eating. Oh, oh, okay, mom. What? <laughs> yeah, that kid, yeah, he is something else.
1: He is. Shane's like that with me though. I think, uh, Maybe for me, I'll speak on. uh, I won't speak for you, but I think my wildness, at least, like going to the stage, and because Shane would come a lot until I stopped. Mm -hmm. I had some comics. Oh yeah, stopped taking Shane so much, and uh, I I I took it in. Now he wants to go a lot more. He might even want to start comedy. But now he's fifteen. It's his own journey. But oh
2: uh, wow,
1: I know. But uh. Yeah, no, he, Shane always really like looked at me analytically because I think he saw me as a little bit out of pocket. (laughs) Uh, So so Shane was always looking over like, are you doing this right? Or did you, you know, and sometimes I'd be offended, but overall I like that he's so together and Shane still is. He gets such great grades. He's just on it. You know, he. So
2: has he performed it? What'd you say? Has he performed it? He
1: wants to. I'm going to his singing choir concert Tuesday, so he performs that way. But he has not done stand up yet. I think has he written to anything for Mike?
2: Has he written anything down?
1: He did like a year and a half ago, and now he's gonna rewrite some of that and write new stuff because now it's a year and a half past. But he's kind yeah. of warming. He has some stuff. Uh, I told him he can include me in there. You know, I told jokes. <laughs> about being a mom. So it's, this is it's fair good. game. <laughs> this is
2: too good. Well, let me know when the show is because I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta pull up as ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, the next topic I want to talk about because we talked about regrets and we kind of already were getting to this and what we were talking about, but miracles, do you believe in miracles?
2: Um, what's the definition of a miracle Kate
1: that's a great question
2: yeah well, my me, this is what I somebody told me the other day they was like I admire you and I had to look up admire and it's just <laughs> kind of like holding someone in a higher regard and I was like oh okay well I admire you too so I was able to do that but sometimes you got to look up these words to see uh what exactly you're saying so let me look up miracle let's get the definition
1: yeah let's get the definition
2: oh a surprising and welcoming event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be a work of a divine divine agency yes absolutely absolutely i I do believe in miracles a highly improbable extraordinary event development or accomplishment that brings very welcoming consequences. That brings very welcome consequences. An amazing product or achievement, outstanding example of something. Absolutely, that sounds like the marathon I just ran. That was a whole miracle. <laughs> that was a that was a miracle times three thousand. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely believe in miracles. I do. I think that's what kind of gives me peace and ease as I process all of the hard and tough decisions that I feel like I face these days is kind of like at the end of the day, all of the things that were against you prior to now have all aligned to be for your better. Hmm. So, and that's because miracles, that's because you, you can't see it. You don't know, you can't fathom how it's going to go. Right. But at the end of the day, boom, next thing you know, the light appears. And here you are standing, you know, on number one as a winner in your life. So um I, I think that miracles um come from your faith. I, I believe I I'm a am ai believe in God. Um I actually believe in Jesus. Uh I and I also believe in angels. I also believe in my ancestors. So I I feel like I'm just kind of like a spiritualist when it comes to things like that. And so um, yeah, miracles are definitely real. My marathon was a miracle. How it came about was like, it did not even make sense. Like I remember just speaking it. And then next thing you know, somebody was like, hey, we actually need people to run. And I was like, oh, okay, well I'll run with you guys. And then next thing you know, they was like, oh, we just need you to raise some money. And I was like, okay, and then the pandemic happened and I was like, ooh, Black Lives Matter. And then I was like, ah, no marathon. And then I got an email that was like, actually you could just pay this money to run a marathon. And then next thing you know, I ran a marathon. So it was like, that's. I feel like that in itself is a miracle because everything that I felt like could deter me from not running it, it was still like at my door, like, hey, yeah, so I know that you thought that this was over. And so then I literally was like googling, "What's the least amount of time I can train for?" America? Like that's me, right? Because I'm still not trying to give <laughs> it all I got. What's the least amount? It was like three months, and I was like, hi right, well, I'm gonna wait till three months." And literally a week before three months is when I started training. I had everything going on. I'm like traveling. My son had got COVID. I actually had tonsillitis. I passed out. Scraped up my knee. It was like. And still, I, I was past that finish line, like it was nothing. So um, that's when I read the definition of a miracle, that, that actually reminds me. But that's what I've told myself. I said, I want more. I want more miracles in my life. I, I want more unexpected, divine, intentional mm. purposes in my life. And so that's why I'm trying to like kind of just be in a space to be open and receive that. But yeah, miracles are real for sure.
1: Wow. I love that. How many miles is a marathon?
2: (sighs) 26.2.
1: No way on my end. I've been running like run walking up to three and I think I'm amazing. Like I do that and I'm (laughs) like, (laughs) like, I'm like, you did it. (laughs)
2: Honestly, I need that kind of confidence, Katie, because I always push it to the 26.2 in anything I do. If it ain't 26.2, I'm not pleased, right? I wish that I could just run three miles and be like, girl, you are just like, you are, girl, you are, what's our our girl's name? Who was in the Olympics? I don't want to mess it up. Oh. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, black Girl Magic was all in, in track and field. Uh, so I'm I'm mad that I'm messing it up. Shakara Richardson? I didn't I think follow. That's I usually don't follow
1: oh, okay. the Olympics, but I know what you're talking about. And like on Instagram, I would see like amazing, yeah. magical Black women popping up with like the most athletic, beautiful bodies and like souls. bright. And I was like, all right, they're doing great. But like, I don't follow maybe I should follow Olympics more I mean it's I'm starting to appreciate just being in shape more and how connected it is to spiritual growth because Mm -hmm. I kind of lost touch with it for a bit when I was battling Lyme disease really really badly so I kind of to like not feel bad about it was like screw people who work out like you know, like I just got real. Like you, you don't need to do that. And now that I'm like slowly building my muscle back, I'm like, no, it feels so good to be competent in that area when you can be. And like, yeah, it's definitely a miracle that you were able to run that many miles. I can't even imagine mentally being able to do that. Like, I get so uh, ADD bored after like a certain it amount of was time.
2: Literally, it was I. I feel like when it came to even training, I've never prayed so much. It reminded me of when I had Nasir. I've never prayed so much in my life. Uh, it was just an everyday, constant prayer. Like, I even remember I thought I was going to be running to like ATL music, trap music. Every time I went outside, I turned on gospel music and I was just like, It took a minute because it was just so, because first of all, I I used to be an athlete. So that's the thing. I think it's a gift and a curse because a lot of people are like, oh, you got this because you was an athlete. But being an athlete has you at a standard of an athlete. It doesn't have you at a standard for average activity. So as I'm in my life now as an average person, I still have expectations of this athlete. And so because I'm only performing here, but I wanna be where I used to be, that is a whole struggle. That's like discouraging on a thousand levels. You know what I mean? So when I first started back even out running, I was I was looking at my 11 minute miles, like I have a whole three months. How is this gonna work out? I'm gonna have to run at this pace for three months. There's no way I'm gonna be able to, and then I just, I it just just it started getting spiritual like be glad that you outside be glad like it just it, it was it was like i trust you lord like it literally just got real church vibes on every run that i i would do and then eventually as i was gaining clarity because i remember talking to my friend she's like you never think things through you never and i'm like i'm outside running 12 miles i just ran yeah i, I thought it through i just <laughs> out a good yeah i thought it that's all that's all I need you know and so I think that's what really was the benefit it it took me away from a lot of grief that I was facing even during that time like I had just given up liquor and weed which I mean I say that and people just be like cool about it but I had become very very attached to these substances you know what I mean and whether we sit back and some people like I don't think it was unhealthy I think it was whether we sit and try to gauge either way, it was something that I did not or could not have anymore. And it was, it was a lot. It, It changed the game. It changed like who I hung out with. It changed how much I went out, how often I went out. It changed what I was eating. It just changed everything. And so I was just like, I felt a little detached from my old self, and then after a while, I was just, I found myself crying one day. Cause I was just like, I'm never going to be that person ever again. <laughs> so I'm no, I'm no, I'm like a true loser. But I was, I was devastated. When I turned 34, I was devastated. I was just like, the old fun of me is gone. All <laughs> <laughs> right, like a baby. But now I'm on the other side of that. And I'm just kind of like yo the other mina was wild she had low self-esteem for about two decades if you really want to come through that <laughs> she was fine but she also was a people pleaser and that was quite annoying too so now i'm on the other side of that so it it's much better but yeah girl a hundred percent nothing but a miracle
1: i'm proud that you're no longer a people pleaser except for the fact that I get less cute emojis and stuff. <laughs> like, I'm like, cause you know me, I'm very sensitive and like, I try to not take things personally, but like, yeah. You've been less like, even, you know what I mean? Like, which is, it's fine. We're both adult women. Like I need to just trust our bond. Like when I get <laughs> like a cute emoji, yeah, I'm it like, change. okay. And he hates me. I'm like, it's fine. I'll try to cope with this. Oh. Maybe, maybe I'll have to go for a run to, to cope with my, my grief.
2: <laughs> no, and honestly, I've been in such a mood to where I really don't feel like doing much of anything lately so even texting you is a task even like so it's not anything personal it's really just me and my own stuff
1: I'm like we podcasting at noon you're like sure I'm like oh my god <laughs> she hates me but I can't say that to you because like our whole friendship, you've been like chill, like you need to calm, calm down. <laughs> so like, if I do that, it's not going to work well for me. So no, I, but like- I
2: also communicate with me, right? So I do this thing, I do this thing where my sisters hate, they hate it. They're like, we need more. So now like they say, like, especially like, hey, if you repost something that I posted about you on Instagram, can you at least just make a note? That, like they say things like that to me. But in my mind, I'm just like, I'm doing the bare minimum just to kind of like do, I'm not really trying to be extra. I'm not trying to overachieve anymore when it comes to other people, right? Like I'm like fully engulfed with myself. So, but they'll tell me like, hey, we need, we need, hey, hey. And so then that's when I'm like, oh, okay, my bad. So I'll be more mindful and cognizant, but that's okay. just the wave I'm on.
1: I'll, I'll grow <laughs> up a little bit there, but like, you know, but you reminded me to not take things personally when I first brought it up. I, I was like, don't even bring it up to her. Just be cool. Do you know what I <laughs> mean? And I was like, why aren't you being as nice on text? But I also, I'm really about people setting boundaries, doing less people pleasing. Like, don't give the smile emoji if you're not feeling it. If you are feeling it, great. But like, if you're just giving and you don't have anything to give, you're depleting yourself so I'm all about yeah
2: and I'm glad that you give me that space because it's necessary like a lot of people have taken offense to the space that I'm in and it's like it has nothing it has nothing to do with anybody personally it's really just I don't have it no more I don't have it not right now you know I feel like, my friend asked me today, she's like, are you feeling good? I said, to be honest, I felt worse and I'm grateful for how I feel now. And I hope that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't say I'm good, excellent, you know, it's just, I'm I'm here and let's work with that, okay? (laughs) I'm I'm present. (laughs) Bear with me.
1: (laughs) You look great. Your arms are so like in shape,
2: like. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Thank like, you. I'm so
1: impressed that you did that marathon thing. I'm not, like, I go on social media kind of, but I don't scroll like I used to for so many years.
0: Yeah, I went I to do a
1: thing four or five years ago, talk about regrets, where I even unfollowed people that I should not have unfollowed. I was trying to get a certain kind of, like, space and boundary, and I did it in a way of, like... Cutting, do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't the right way because I didn't know in that time. So like I can really respect, and you're doing it in a whole different way, which sounds healthier than the way I was doing it back then. But I like I always support someone doing what they need to do to sustain themselves. Like good. Thank you. you. I appreciate to. that.
2: But yeah. that's important. It you have to, if you want to remain in their lives. <laughs> Well, when I had
1: no energy to give, like at my most painful place with like the lime and the headaches, like, it's like, okay, very, okay. Shane gets my energy and I get my energy. And now like my boyfriend gets my energy. Like those are the first when I have nothing, you know, it's like yeah. first me, make sure I eat, make sure I can like <laughs> function. And then, you know, so it's like, I had to create almost- You better like-
2: than me, because I still don't even get my energy. I'd be telling him, I'm like, hey, not to, I have, I don't have, I tell him, I say, hey, I don't have the patience. He'd be like, but I have to have all the patience. And I said, well, you're seven. So you, you kind of, you're kind of good on the patience. I'm like, I'm, I'm 34. So we're, <laughs> I, I mean, we ain't maxed out, but. You know, the man, the, the rubber band on stretch is long. You feel me?
1: I've done the same thing though, and I always felt guilty. I still do, you know, is like um when I can't give as much as I want to give. Like when you're
2: a mom, I think the best thing is before, right? My mom never really used to explain a lot of things to us, right? And so then when we found ourselves doing those things and we didn't know why, I think that was the disconnect, right? So now my son does ask a lot of questions and it is sometimes annoying, but even in those spaces of me feeling guilty of taking my space or needing the time that I, I have, I, I'm like, at least you communicated. He won't know. He mm-hmm. won't not be, he won't be, he won't be in a position to where he can't answer that question. Oh, why did your mom feel that way? Or oh, why did your mom need that space? Or oh, why did your mom kind of shut down? So I try to talk to him as much as possible. And as I feel he's capable of understanding that, hey, these are human emotions. And even when even when he does things and or he has to follow rules or he has I try to tell him that I can relate to that. That's something that is going to always be in your human existence. So that's all I can do. I just hope for the best. But I'm not going to feel guilty about. You know, like he's seven. He's able to use the restroom on his own. He's able to entertain himself. He's actually able to cook now. So if I'm not able, if I don't, if I even, if even if I just don't want to do those things that day, it is okay. Cause for the past seven years, you were doing it every single day. Right. So I, you, it's like, give yourself permission to do what you need to do. And that's just that.
1: Yeah. I love that. All right. Our last topic for the podcast Mm -hmm. is, and I don't think I've ever asked you this in all the years I've known you, what's the difference or the differences between New York City and Atlanta? Because you grew up in Atlanta, right? Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm like,
1: wait, am I messing that up? No. Because I know you have family elsewhere. I don't know if I'm supposed to say where you have family now, but like DC, no one's going to, but like, but I know that you grew up in Atlanta. So what are the differences like I know you still go back and you travel and you visit but I would love to hear
2: um well the 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 biggest difference is um variety right so in Atlanta and they're growing and they're developing but when I was in Atlanta it was like black white and then we have Latinos like in Dunwoody or whatever, right? But for the most part, you know, like even my mom finding a community of Panamanian friends cause she's Panamanian was like later in my life, like high school. But for the whole time it was black, white, right? I leave Atlanta and the first thing I get to New York, I'm like, oh, she black. Oh, that she's speaking Spanish, French. So it, it started, it got real, you know, the seasons got different, right? So like in Atlanta, we got salt and pepper. In New York, it's like cumin, cayenne, Italian. You know what I'm saying? So that's the major difference. You know what I mean? And I feel like for me, and I go back to Atlanta, I've been going back. I, it has not been a year that I do not go back to Atlanta, even since I haven't lived there. And you know what you're going to get when you go to Atlanta. Now things are different. You know, we got gentrification. So like they put in breweries in the hood. So now you're like, well, hold on. You know, y'all making beer in the West End, what's up? So it is developing in in an unexpected way. But I feel like in New York, I've been here now for 12 years and I'm still, every day I learn something new about this damn city. You know what I mean? It's just, it's amazing is is eye-opening but also you got some of everybody here you got some of everybody in New York so I think that's really the major difference you know like Atlanta um yeah Atlanta was just is kind of very predictable like you have people that have like I go back home my coach is still the coach at the swim pool that I grew up at that ain't that's not how it works in new york you know what i'm saying like you do you like some jobs right are familiar and consistent but atlanta is like you go back to that post office and miss mary is still working at that post office you go back to that church and the pastor is still pre you know what i mean and so that that is what atlanta has been for me and i've always respected it too because i'm like you know I just actually went to Ghana and the lady had to open a business in Ghana. And the way it works is you have to sign a lease for five years. And I was like, wow, could you imagine signing a lease? for f- Like we we barely want to sign a year lease in an apartment that you know damn well you about to be in next year, but you still just kind of like, I don't know, because it feels good. Right. So I just think that it takes a different muscle to be able to envision and picture what you're going to do in a five year span and know and stick to it. I respect that, but that's the energy in Atlanta. Like people are like, I'm going to get this house. I'm going to be in this house. I'm going to raise my kids in this house. My kids are going to raise these kids in it. And so that, that is why I love Atlanta because it is always going to be familiar. You always going to know something going to be, you know what I mean? Like something is going to remind you of the crib you slept in when you were a baby. You feel me? And so that's the difference. But New York next week, you know, look, they burned a tree down at in, in the Fox. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff is just not going to be here. <laughs> you feel me? Like the train station going to be different. They build an elevator, Like it's something going to be, you know, so that's, that's the difference. Yeah. I hope that makes sense.
1: No, it does. And I wouldn't have thought that you know well it makes sense now that you're saying it but that's so interesting so was i one of your first white jewish friends ever cuz now i know in comedy you've got a bunch of white jewish girls that you fuck with pretty hard um i used to be one of your only <laughs> white jewish friends but now i'm just one of the many but if but if it was more like separated was I like one of your like first like oh wow this white chick's cool. no, you, kind of cool she's kind of nerdy and kind of annoying. You were
2: one of my you were one <laughs> of my first white best friends. I will say, i you are as close as it gets to like I I um and and only because like I grew up in a very Afrocentric neighborhood. So like it was a rites of passage. Like we we were like it, when I was five, I was stepping, talking about Malcolm X, and you know, you know what I'm saying. So for me, I think like that kind of level of awareness does kind of put a barrier between you and another community, just because you're aware so much and you don't know how to process that. Right? Like obviously you not on that wave, we good vibes. But from what I was raised and learned and 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 educated on, which is the, the truth of the matter, like, at the end of the day, I'm not, my family ain't in the wrong for teaching me what the hell is going on and has continued to go on. But, you know, how I process and dealt with that, I've never been close uh, like that. And so, yeah, you were like one of the first white right girls. I was like, oh, no, I can see, I, I really, yeah. Like, I love you. That's my boo. Like, well, oh, my
1: God. Well, I'm gonna say, you're you're immediately regret it because I'm getting too nerdy, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's the but same
2: for we me. Okay? We I feel like in a sense, in a sense, like we kept each other going. Like I really wish we kept going. Like I didn't know how important Kate and Amina was until I look back now and I'm like, you know, that was something that, you know, like you, you wrote, like, people don't people don't we don't give ourselves enough credit. So like think of an idea and execute it is 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 more than half the battle right? Cause it's so many ideas we think of, or even that I thought of now that are still just written down on a piece of paper. So, um, you know, you gotta give yourself credit. Like we really did get together, think of something, produced it and made it happen. And so I'm forever grateful for that. I look, but I still laugh at that stuff to this day.
1: I mean, we made good stuff, you know, like Chloe was amazing. She was helping. We had the best guest appearances from our friends. Like it's talented people too who were coming in. Like, but we'd obviously didn't have like the fanciest stuff because we were doing it all ourselves. No, but, but we worked. Good. I think
2: that I think that is the purpose of being a creative. And I think as we've gotten older, as I've gotten older, I've lost sight of that because so many things, so many other things matter, like time to eat tomorrow. Right. Um, but (laughs) but ultimately that is what it's about. We use what we had, we made the best of it, and we had a good ass time. Like we really genuinely like I still see Derek to this day, and I give him long hugs. I still see Monroe. Menuin, every like they still chloe, like Chloe can call me. Chloe can call we I don't even talk to these people on a regular basis, but it's it's always gonna be a level of love. And endearment because we knew what it was. We knew what it was. So um yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, we are we 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 were really, really close. And I'm always gonna be grateful for our, our friendship at Blossom because I I needed it. Even you as a mom, like when I became mom, I was scared as hell. But you was like, it's gonna work out. You gave me words, like even with with your issues, you know what I mean? Like it was just I needed that. I needed that. Remember, we went and sat in the park. You saw me, I was like, I really just didn't know how I was going to get to the next day. So you were definitely a part of my community and I'm grateful for that. And I knew you had went through your stuff and was going through things. But I never was like, I don't love Kate. I don't like Kate anymore. It was never that energy. It was always like, I'm going to forever have love for Kate. And that was that, period.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how entering comedy, you don't realize at first maybe that it really is going to be a journey as well like finding out who you are and mm-hmm. going through different things cuz I know myself in comedy I was extra bubbly at first and now I'm way more, I just don't have the energy I once had like it's yeah. not it's like something I just I'm like a little well, more, I think I'm that retired. we just have to
2: pivot we have to pivot as creators you know we talked about this when it comes like the business aspect like we never came into this like oh I want to be a comedian to make money we came into this because we had a passion we love making people laugh we love making people feel good has it been disheartening to know that that's not the only thing that matters a hundred percent right but that doesn't mean that you know you still can't do what you can (laughs)
1: well there you go so we're gonna wrap it up where can people find you social media shows whatever you want to plug
2: yeah so you can find me you can go on my website aminaimani.com i have an email list i don't know if i have a link to my website but it is linked on all my social media so if you go on instagram twitter facebook my bio will have the link to sign up for my email list and i have been doing an awesome job if i don't say myself myself by making sure I type in my emails and and say, hey, this is where you can see me. Because even though I'm not like creating online content or whatever that I feel like I should be doing and I'm not, I do perform weekly and you can come out. And I do love it when my friends come out and see me and now I have newfound fans. So come out, hear the jokes you saw on YouTube, live and in person. hopefully you'll laugh again if not you'll be like i can do this and then go ahead and give it a try and see how you land on your face but no seriously like yeah but all things amina imani twitter instagram facebook um yeah awesome go watch go watch my comedy central set over and over and over and over again (laughs) to a million a million views
1: Um, yeah, I need to go look at the comments now, now that you're saying that, that none are negative. I love that. Or very few, like, they can can be nasty. So that's amazing that, that they're not. Yeah,
2: somebody was just like, I don't get it. She sounds like she's talking to a friend. And I was like, honestly, even in that, that is an amazing compliment. Like you, (laughs) that's how effortless I am on stage. Like you think that that's how I call and talk to my friend. Foolish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's not an insult. So for me, we have a live podcast. It's me, CG, John Koppel, Justin Newman, and Ambler at the lab. It's going to be the 23rd, getting close to Christmas, some good holiday vibes come out. Tickets are available online, go to the lab, and then I'll be performing in Scranton for New Year's Eve. Uh, I'll put, I'll start updating my website. Now I. I am booking more shows, so I need to now keep my website updated, so I need to do that soon. Anyway, Amina, you're amazing. It's been lovely having you on. As always, I love watching you blossom into this incredible, badass woman that you are. Like You made your dreams a living, and you're being a mom, so pretty bad. Yeah,
2: I have to remember that. Some of the things that I ask for are definitely present. Miracles, miracles,
1: (laughs) miracles are all over you. So I can see them.
2: Amen. (laughs) Amen.
1: Thanks for coming. Love you, Kate. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye.